Welcome to the Julie Salant Podcast, the place to reconnect to your heart and live your soul purpose. This is where you will find inspiring information on how to reconnect to your heart, get into mind-body-spirit alignment, and step into your personal power. Together, we will hear messages from the sacred animal kingdom, discuss how to reframe success that works best for you, and learn to step into divine flow, allowing you to do what your soul came here to do. Thank you for being here. And now, let's tune in to today's show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of my podcast. Today, I am thrilled to have Thomas S. Russo Jr. on as my guest. He is an author, a CEO, a speaker, an adjunct professor, a coach and consultant, and he currently serves as the town manager in Newton, New Jersey. He has over 13 years of dedicated service to the county seat of Sussex County, New Jersey, with over 22 years of experience in municipal and county government. But what we talk about is something super interesting. Um, he's basically a recovering politician's guide to Christian living. Uh, he shares stories about his spiritual journey, how giving up New Jersey politics and becoming a born-again Christian turned his world upside down for the better. He's faced quite a few challenges in life, and his amazing books, There's No Politics in Heaven, uh, is something we discuss thoroughly. So welcome to the show. I, I, speak at, I speak at colleges. I speak at high schools. I speak at, and you know. I, I have graduate students right now. I teach at Seton Hall. I have my graduate class and I teach undergraduate at Pillar. And I have, I'll have students that are, are 22 years old and they're so damn eager to go into politics. And I'm like, oh my God, you know what I mean? Like, oh my God. And I'm like, and then I say to myself, all right, what would I tell my children? Like my daughters are 21 and 20. What would I tell them? Yes. And so I look at them that way and I try to tell them like, it's admirable to want to serve the public. It's admirable to want to run for office and be involved in the public square. We need that. But don't go in with rose-colored glasses either. Like go in knowing that some people might not find you so brilliant and altruistic and accepting. And unfortunately, politics, because it's so competitive, it's a win-lose, right? It's a win-lose, win-lose, win-lose. Right. Um, it brings out the worst in a lot of people. So I don't dissuade people from going into it, but I do give them both sides of what life is like as an elected official or running for office, because um, I think they need to understand the challenges as much as the opportunities for success. Awesome. And I, and I asked you that question. I asked him that question because I know about your work with the police officer. So I really appreciate you giving us that insight because so many people don't have someone who's on the actual inside and knows the ins and outs. So right. it's a completely different animal when you're actually handling it and working with them, you know them, right. you know, so I really appreciate that. Sure. Um, I would love to talk a little bit about faith and fear and some of the, some of the blocks that you've that you've overcome and relate it to today, because I feel like so many people that I talk to are having so many issues around fear and, and how this whole, the COVID thing's shaping up and how it's going to be here for longer. And as you mentioned, every single, you know, human and animal and country, everyone's been touched by this faith versus fear. As you know, you know, fear can put you in a box and keep you small. True. Faith is the opposite of that. But when you're in that box, it can be really difficult to get out. Um, what are your thoughts on faith versus fear in today's world? Sure. So, you know, to, 
I'll take one step backwards before I go forward. So I, I believe that everybody right now, especially, I mean, talk about, you know, the book being ahead of its time in a weird way, but everybody's overwhelmed. Everybody's running on empty. Everybody's got some version of marital financial life stress. Like, oh my God, like we're, it's like we're in the middle of my book right now. It's, 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 everything's falling apart. I know. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes the obstacles can be real. They can be perceived. They can be our inner dialogue, right? I'm no good. I'm not good enough to blah, blah, blah. So what I tell people is first thing is, and this is, I learned this in my intensive is first thing is you got to hit the pause button. Like a lot of us are on fast forward. We're going, we're, and you know, I live in New Jersey, so nobody stops for anything. Right. Even if it's another car, we're just going to hit it and keep going. <laughs> so it's like, everybody's going, going, going. And that's the interesting thing about COVID though. It, it kind of forced everybody to slow down. Yeah, it did. Like, by, by design, Major. Right? Mm -hmm. Wear masks, social distance, businesses are closed, et cetera. So in a way, I want people to take this opportunity still, even because I think, you know, cases will come back and they're starting to come back is, you know, hit that pause button on life and, you know, breathe, reflect and relax and find comfort in God. And, you know, I'm always going to go back to the spiritual starting point. Yeah. Um, recognize those obstacles, whether they're external or internal. Right. And I, and I do something with a lot of organizations, but I do it with my con uh, clients too. I do it with a SWOT analysis. I, I make, and it's hard, make people sit down and actually list their strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And it's mm -hmm. very hard for people to look at themselves almost like they're in an organization. But I, I tell people that I work with, it's like, look, everybody has strengths. Okay. Okay. Everybody has weaknesses. It's just whether we admit them or not. Right. And then those weaknesses though, present opportunities for if you're positive thinking, right. Okay. Yeah. And those opportunities, though, have challenges or threats to them. So I make people write this out because when you see it in black and white, it's very different than when, you know, you're thinking about it. So I, I make people do that type of a challenge. I always talk to them about prayer and meditation. I do mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, that's the place I come from. A big thing that I find with people, which is very interesting, and I never really had this much growing up. Um, there's a lot of people that are just afraid to fail. Yes. So if you, Julie, if I put the wall in front of Julie, if Julie is not able to be resilient and doesn't have adaptability, you're just going to stand there and freeze mm -hmm. because you don't, you don't know what to do. Right. If you put, if Julie puts the wall in front of Tom, Tom's going to sit there and I'm going to hit the wall because I wanted to run through it. I'm going to, and I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to look at it. I'm going to measure it. I'm going to see what it's made of. Right. I'll, t I'll see what it's like during the day versus at night because it could be different, right? And then I'm either going to go under it, around it, through it, on top of it. I'm going to pay somebody to knock it down, whatever. Like mm -hmm. I, if, if, if whatever is behind that wall is worth getting, mm -hmm. I'm going to figure out a way to get through that wall. And so, but that also means that I might not make it through that wall. I might fail. Right. And it's getting people to step outside their comfort zone and have that willingness. And that's hard. I mean, that's like a huge, that's one of the biggest challenges for people mentally to get out of. And that's something I really spend a lot of time with people. Um, and then I, you're talking about faith versus fear, right? And that's chapter 12 in the book. So, you know, the funny quote, I forget who mentioned it in the book, but fear is the cheapest room in the house. I'd like to see you in better living conditions, right? <laughs> and I, cre I credit that in my book. I didn't come up with that. But the reality is um, you need to make that faith bigger than your fear. And there's a key part of that chapter 
And this is um, an interview I did with my friend, Diane Lang, who's a social worker and, and uh, Dr. Thomas Barrett, the two of them referenced this study. Um, it talked about people, it, it did China, it looked at people in China, India, and the US. So three different types of spiritual ideologies and um, foundational beliefs. And they found that people that had some sort of spiritual or religious commitment, they had half the likelihood of having major depression, suicidal thoughts, and anxiety. And I say to people, I said, look, if I, if I could guarantee you, if I could give you something that is, you know, it's got at least, you know, 50% or greater opportunity to help you eliminate anxiety and depression and thoughts of suicide, man, if that was a pill, you'd take it. Now, I of know we, there's a lot of people that take pills for depression and anxiety. And trust me, and, you know, I've been there, done that, you know, myself included. But when they did this study and they found that it didn't matter whether you were you know, Christian or Jewish or Buddhist or Muslim, like it, like it didn't matter your belief system. What mattered was that you had an in, the individual had a sense of meaning beyond one's own life, mm-hmm. that there was something to all of this. Right. It's not just about the Lexus and the Rolex. It's not about the title. It's not about the spouse. It's not about what I weigh. It's not about the Peloton or whatever. Like there, there's, there's a bigger meaning to this mosaic, to this thing we call life. So the spirituality and beliefs are the things that can really address, you know, the root causes of why people are suffering the way they do. And, you know, think, and, you know, I'm going to say it, think of how much we've pushed God away from discourse, public space, schools, schools, um, or or just in general. Universities even. Yeah, definitely. Universities. It doesn't matter. And the more we've pushed God away, the The worse worse we've gotten. Thank you. Yeah. You you finished my sentence. The worst we've gotten. Mm -hmm. So, you know what? Maybe we need to have those conversations too. So yeah, I think, I think fear is a huge stumbling block um, and it's real for a lot of people, but I think spirituality gives strength and direction and the capacity to be resilient um, because that spirituality um, aligns your beliefs with God and your purpose. And, you know, that's hopefully the next thing we can talk about because I got some pretty good visuals on purpose. The other thing that Diane talked about when I interviewed her for the book, you know, it's kind of nature versus nurture. Mm-hmm. That, that was an interesting conversation I had with her when I interviewed her. And she said 50% of life is genetic, right? So it's kind of the, the, the hands you were dealt. 10% is the circumstance. So 10% is the pornography. It's the affair. It's the money issue. It's the whatever. The 40% though is nature and she, and in her studies and her, you know, work that she's done as a life coach and an adjunct professor too, you know, 40% nature can be rewired. So mm-hmm. we've all been dealt something right. for me. For me, it was obesity, right? Like that was my, that was my challenge growing up. Um, and then 10% was the circumstances of, you know, being made fun of being picked last for the kickball team or blah, blah, blah. But 40% of my life was making the decision that I could change my circumstances. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. So, I, you know, because there's always that debate of, well, you know, I was born lower middle class and this is the way I'm always going to be. Or right. I'm, I'm African-American and I'm in a, in a community where it's predominantly Caucasian. So I'm, I'm not going to amount to X, Y, Z. Or, 
well, you know, my parents were, were, were alcoholics. So dot, dot, dot. Okay. You know, whatever it is. And you fill in the blank. Right. Um, and the reality is, yeah, we've all been dealt something. I'm sure you had challenges in your life or you had challenges growing up. We all, yeah. we all did, but we do have the ability to change those circumstances. Um, and that, you know, if we're all children of God and we're not our titles, then that means we, we are able to, we are able to reinvent and redefine ourselves and, and put ourselves in a different place. Um, if we put in the time and the, the, the effort, the effort. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. And for someone like me who always was failing was a huge deal, huge deal. I learned that it is about lessons. God taught me it's about lessons, not failing. So everything that you're going through is happening for you, not against you. And it's lessons. And that's so easy to say, but to really feel that and internalize it and understand that for me was a game changer because I was that person who was always afraid to fail and so afraid to fail. I was on the opposite end of the spectrum trying to people please everyone, which does not make a happy person. And, you know, career wise and everything beyond that. So when you realize that things are happening for you and maybe you're being moved around on purpose by someone or something greater than you for your best interest, even though at this time you think it's not very fun, it's not good. He wants to give you something better. That's just my thought process. Chapter 15 in my book, I, I, I referenced and I wrote this down because it, means a lot to people when I say it. I said, I look back at my fall from grace and realize that was the day God loved me enough to change my life. Wow. And, and the, the quote I love that I've heard many a time is God is more interested in your character than your comfort. Yes, absolutely. Yep. So God, 100%. God, God pushed me out of my comfort zone and it was brutal and it was mm-hmm. hard, but he wanted me to be a better person. He wanted me to be a better husband, a better just better in everything I was doing because he gave me the capacity and the ability to be greater than I was. I was the one limiting myself with stupid behavior or stupid beliefs or limiting beliefs or whatever. And, um, you know, that, that opportunity, you know, and I think God gives everybody that opportunity. I think we all get to that fork in the road, that relationship, that money decision that, and, you know, for me, you know, when I made that decision to go back into politics, my, 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 my insides were screaming at me. Wow. And I, I ignored it. I, I, I ignored it. And I look back and I say, man, the reason I was getting sick, physically sick. Wow. And emotionally sick was because my whole, the Holy spirit and my body was like danger, red, red light. Yeah. Don't do it. This is not good for you. And my, my body was literally suffering physically because yeah. of the decisions I was making. At, and at, and now I look back and say, duh, like, like it, you know I, what I mean? Like, <laughs> Hindsight's always twenty twenty, and we always realize it later. But when you're going through it, sometimes you think, but I could overcome it this time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've changed and I think I can do this. Got I've done that a million it. times. You're not Got the only one. We've all done that. I'm smart. I can figure it out. Yeah, how, I, I'm smart. How, I'm, I'm okay. How, how, how bad could it be? How bad could it be? Yeah, could I mean, happen? I'm not, I mean, you know, I'm pretty smart over here. I can figure this out. Eh. And then God's up there laughing going, okay, you know, but, mm. but you know what I think? I think it's just the greater testimony from on the other end of the spectrum. Once you come out of that, and I think that it increases your, your reliance on him and your faith and your strength. And then it's, you get to give that testimony to someone else. 
and whether they take it or not and whether they make the same mistakes, but we're trying both of us to help people avoid our mistakes, whatever they may be. Because if there's a, if there's a big, you know, if there's a big manhole that I stepped in and fell down and it really hurt, I would like to save you from that because it was painful. Yeah. Or uh, instead of being a jerk and saying, eh, I'm just going to watch you fall in the same hole and see what happens. Exactly. Yeah. But your testimony is so much stronger because of that. And I do believe, and I've experienced the same thing, physical challenges myself through pushing myself through jobs that were not a fit for me. And I felt like I had to do it for Mm. the money. I got to keep up with everybody. And, and inside I was like, my body was like, dying like you know migraine city and overworked and exhausted and at the end of the day does that paycheck really mean that much because i spent i I spent a year in the private sector and you know i have great respect for the private sector my family's own you know businesses and things and i i did it for a year and i hated it because i i i was born to go into government and nonprofit work like that's, yeah. that's my gift. That's my niche. I teach classes about it. I practice it right in my work. And yeah, when you're, when you're not being authentic, at some point you realize, oh, man, I really, I am the proverbial square peg in the round hole in yes. either in this relationship or this job or this town or whatever it is. Yeah. If, if you're, if you're, if you're smart enough to notice it, You'll be yes. like, you know, this just, nah, this isn't what I thought it was. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't try things or you shouldn't be, you know, try, you know, different, you know, careers or whatever and things. But, um, you know, one of the things I talk about in the book that I wanted to jump to, if it's okay. Yes, go ahead. Because it's kind of a good segue is, yeah. you know, people finding their purpose, right? Yes, definitely. So chapter 13 in the book, it's called Peace, Purpose, and a Prism. So I love this visual. I, I love this visual. So, and, you know, for the older people like me, who remember Pink Floyd. Of course. Okay, dark side of the moon, Yep. triangle, line comes in the triangle when it, and it's gray or black or white or whatever. When it leaves the triangle, it's a, it's a prism. It's, a, it's an array of beautiful color. And this always seems to get people because like they can, like peop, a lot of people just like visuals, right? Like they get this, like forget everything I just said for an hour, everybody on the podcast. <laughs> Fast forward the podcast to the second hour and it'll help you. <laughs> so it's like, in my, my view, God has given each of us a purpose, a special talent that is unique to you that can't be taken away. Mm-hmm. What Julie is good at is not the same as what Tom is good at. Mm-hmm. What my wife is good at is not the same, et cetera, et cetera. So I think everybody has been given that. It's in our DNA. Everybody's been given that purpose. So when I describe the prism to people, I say that line going into the triangle, that's your purpose. That's what God gave you as unique. It's, it's the plumber versus the gardener versus the teacher versus the po- police officer, whatever. You name it. Everybody's got that thing that gets them jazzed up, right? Yes. And then what, what happens? That line goes out of the triangle. It goes out of the prism, and it's a beautiful array of colors. It's abundant. It's lively. It's got energy. Right. It's like me me being Italian talking with my hands. That's what it's like. (laughs) I can't help it. So our job as Christians in my worldview is to respect the fact that God gave you that gift and to push it out into the universe. It's not a gift until you give it to somebody else. Right. Okay. So whether I don't care what your profession is, I don't care what your talent is. I tell this to my daughters who are in college who have experienced challenges and who have heard people tell them, do this, don't do that with their career. Mm -hmm. And I've always been very consistent when I've said to them, like, what, what do you like? 
Like mm-hmm. what get what gets you jazzed up? What gets you excited? What do you do that you don't want sitting there watching the clock wondering, is this, you know, and for them it's classes, right? Like what classes do you find so interesting that, man, if it was another hour, I wouldn't care. Like I feel that way about my Harvard classes. The Harvard classes, it's, it's through the Kennedy School and it's about public leadership. And I'm telling you, I tell everybody, I would do these, I would do these classes 24 hours a day. They're so darn interesting. Wow. And, but it's just because I really respect, you know, what obviously the university, but the fact that they're trying to talk about challenges in the public space, government, nonprofit. And yeah, I think they probably apply to business too, but we need better. And we talked about, we need better people in elected office, in government positions, running hospitals and colleges. Like those organizations touch so many lives and are responsible for so many things that we do. I want to be one of those people that brings change and, and positivity to that world. Right. Right. So I tell my daughters, I don't, I don't care what the interest is for, for one it's medicine for the other, it's meteorology. Great. Yeah. And you know what? Go for it. Then if that's the passion, if that's the thing you find interesting, then guess what? You just figured out your career. Mm-hmm. So now you make your advocation, your vocation, make your passion, your profession, run with it. Mm-hmm. And, and then instill that wisdom in, like I do with my teaching now. I mean, I gave up politics for teaching and talk about a wonderful trade and opportunity. Um, I think we all have an obligation when we have our success and we, we learn the things that we learn to push that out into the universe to the next generation. So um, I think people need to s- spend time alone. I think they need to reflect. I need to think about when when those when are their happiest times what are their passions yes um, and then some people say to me and you know it's funny i i get all kinds and people will say well oh yeah i, I love so many things i love i love gardening i love like i love electrical work i love plumbing I, I love automobiles like you know they'll list 10 things that they love great but the problem is well, like we can't be great at everything um at some point you do have to rank your passions yeah like for me, I certainly loved politics more than I loved other things. I mean, like that's obvious. Um, it's yep. just, that's what it was. Um, it's funny. I tell people in my, my coaching, and I, I, I take this for granted, but I tell people, find people in your career field or in you know field of passion um, and interview them. Yes. I mean, like how I you know interact with you or with other people on LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever. Like it's so much easier nowadays to interact with people that are successful compared to when I was a kid just hoarding business cards. Yes. Okay. Yes. Like take advantage of those opportunities, write letters, write emails, tweet, do a TikTok video, connect with them on LinkedIn, you know, join the Rotary, the Kiwanis or whatever. And like do those informational interviews and talk to people like, how did you, because not all the time, because some are jerks, but 99% of the time, people are flattered that you find them interesting enough that you want to interview them or yes. you want to ask them questions. Yes. And then the, and the big thing I tell people, and sometimes it's hard for them to understand is all jobs and volunteer work have value. Mm-hmm. I, I treat, and I'm the CEO of the town. I treat my CFO the same as I treat the laborer in public works. Mm-hmm. I treat a volunteer for the planning board the same way I treat the council people that I report to. That's the way it should the, be. Right. All those jobs have value to the success of the collective, of the organization, of the town, of the work that we do. Um, the title doesn't matter. You, you don't need a title to be a leader. You don't. 
Yeah. Um, and so working with people to kind of get past that paralysis by analysis of, well, gee, you know, I have so many things that I'm interested in. Yeah. But you know what? There's always one or two things that just get you, you know, trust me, if I could have been a goaltender for the New York Rangers, <laughs> I'd be goaltender for the New York Rangers, but I can't skate. So like, that's a problem. <laughs> Um, so that didn't work out so well, but um, I think people spending time with God, reflecting, figuring out what their purpose is that God gave them, I think taking that step back helps you really take those steps forward. And I think that prism visual is a fun, easy thing for people to remember um, about the gifts, about how God loved them enough to give them some unique gifts so that they could spread it out into the universe. Yeah, I love that. I love that visual. And it's so true because I, I believe we're all connected. So it doesn't matter what your gift is because your gift complements someone else's gift and so on and so forth. But the important thing is that you recognize what it is and you get it out into the world because he didn't give you gifts to hold on to and hoard. These are for other people as well as yourself. And the more right. that you use them, the the, the happier you're going to be, it's going to transform your life. I can tell you that. And I'm sure you can agree. I mean, when you're using your gifts and you're in where, you, where you're supposed to be and doing what you're supposed to be doing, it is like you would do it for free. You feel like you're amazingly happy. And it's, right. like, it's like nothing else. There's nothing else like it. So I walk away from politics a few years ago, which was very hard because I could have ran for re-election. I probably would have won. I could have ran for higher office. And I said, I'm going to finish my term and I'm, I'm not going to run again. I'm done. I'm not, I'm not involved in campaigns. I'm not running for office. I'm just an average voter. Um, but I said to God when I did that, I said, I think I've been given talents that I don't want to waste. Not, like, I appreciate the full-time job I have and I love it, but I think there's more for me to do. And the thing I zeroed in on was education. And I prayed about it. I said, I don't know if this is right, but I think my next stop in my endeavors is something, you know, education related. And I'm telling you now, and I'll tell you the rest of the story, but within 24, 48 hours, I had two teaching jobs. <gasps> right. But here's the, here's the, right. And that's the aha moment. But here's the, here's what's behind the aha moment. It's like people, when they talk about people being lucky, right? Oh, you know, you know, Julie, you know what? She, she, you know, she's always lucky. Yeah. Yeah. She's got great this, great that. She's successful. She's whatever. She's always lucky. She's always the luck or she's the lucky one. Or, you know, like if you have a sibling, right? Oh, she's the lucky of the two. She's the lucky one. It's like, yeah, but you know what? You know how much effort goes into luck? (laughs) Yes, I do. Right. (laughs) It's like, it's, it's, it's where effort and I'm writing this down. What did Oprah say? I just read it the other day, yesterday. Well, I don't know. I, effort I meets preparedness or something like that? I was just going to say, it's where effort meets opportunity. Yeah, yeah. So, and think of me with the teaching. Um, I had connections in that field. Why? Right. Because I spent all these years networking and schmoozing and whatever. So I made the effort to reach out to people I knew at these two colleges. Yep. It just so happened that there was opportunities at those two colleges at that time. And that's where the luck became evident. If I don't, if I didn't make those phone calls or do those emails and have those lunches or, you know, whatever, I'm not teaching at Seton Hall and Pillar College. No. But because I made the effort, because I updated my resume, because I took the time to meet with people I respected and I asked them for advice and help and whatever, God gave me the green light. 
Right. And so that's why it, it seemingly happened that quickly, but it was because er, because the pieces were put into place. Right. But I think I don't think I'm unique in that regard. I think other people um, can take their good and bad experiences and they can push through them, and they can they can they can make their own luck. The opportunities are out there. I still believe that there are opportunities. And you know, thank God we live in a great country. We have free speech. We have mobility. We have a lot of opportunities. And I know some people don't believe this, but we have more opportunities in this country than most people around the world. And I agree. We need to, you know, count that as a blessing. But we yeah. need to do something with it, right? We need to, you know, um, you know, make things a possibility because all things are possible through Christ. I, I believe. I believe too. And you also need, but you also need to do the work. He's gonna, you know, you've got to do that back, back work. It's just like anything. It's just like even simple as losing weight. You know, I go in the gym and it's seven thirty at night on a Friday night, no one's there, but guess, and I could go home, but guess what? I'm still going to work out because these, you, you just, if you want something like it goes back to that, that wall that you want to knock down, you know, you, you need to figure it out and you're going to find a way. But if you just stand there and look at it or just say, I'm just going home. Well, guess what? Nothing's going to change. So you've right. just got to take the initiative and say, I'm going to do the work and I'm going to pray about it. And it's hopefully it's divinely guided. And I, I'm sure you'll get a nudge. Trust me, you will. From my experience, you'll get a nudge if you're going in the wrong direction. Right. Um, and, and know that there's a way and it's just about timing. But you, you did the work. So therefore, you got the opportunity, which I think is amazing. And it's such an inspiration. Thank you. And, you know, and then it goes back to, well, I'm, I'm a fairly impatient type A. Um, and sometimes it's God's timing. Yes. Uh, I always wanted to pay off my debts, but I needed to do certain things. I needed to do certain you know, practical things. And it happened when it was in God's timing. It wasn't, it wasn't the day and the week and the month I wanted it to. Right. It was a different day and a different week and a different month, but it happened. He has a um, sense of humor. <laughs> well, you know. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's like, okay. Not everything is going to have happen in Julie's time or Tom's time. Like yeah. we're we're great, but we're not that great. We're 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 striving to be perfect, but perfection is elusive. So I'd rather focus my efforts or and my wife and my kids and people I interact with on being excellent. Like yes. choose, choose excellence. Like be if you're gonna do something, do it well, do it right, move on to the next thing. If we're gonna sit here and we're gonna argue about perfection. All right, you know, Jesus was perfect. I think, you know, most people agree with that one, okay? But other than that, I haven't met anybody else who's perfect. So yeah. let, let's let's get past that as our criteria and as our goal and, and let's be practical about it. And, you know, one thing I'll add um, that I talk about in the book, uh, towards the end of the book, um, kind of like lessons learned was the accountability, consistency and transparency. It's like, when life gets you down and you're faced with these temptations and challenges and uncertainty, I tell people, remember these three things. And it's very, and you know, like this is like third grade level, like how, how I think, but it's like, you know, accountability, you know, take responsibility for your words and actions, be consistent, you know, be the person you are at home, be that type of person at work. Right. Mm -hmm. And then transparency, be open and honest, be open and honest in the workplace. Don't have secrets with your spouse share intimate thoughts, be willing to be vulnerable, uh, it, tell people when you're struggling, right? And a lot of people have trouble doing that. And, you know, sometimes these things are things that we learned as kids, the things that we learned in school growing up and, and then life gets in the way and everything goes off, off the rails. And I think if we can spend more time accepting the fact that we're not perfect and that 
Um, we've been given the ability to change and we we're, we're given these gifts from God, accountability, consistency, and transparency. I think if the people watching this podcast even remember those, and I always say ACT, act mm -hmm. like a Christian. And for me, you know, act like a Christian man. Yeah. Um, I think that gives us the ability to love ourselves to the greatest extent possible so we can love others. Yeah. Um, and, and one final thought that I wanted to throw at you that's interesting is um, from a political context, you'll appreciate this, but there's no term limits on faith. So, 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 wow. faith, so faith is something that regardless of the circumstances, where you are in life, whether you're in low income housing and you wish you were in a mansion or whether you just lost your job or you just lost a loved one, faith, faith has no bounds and it doesn't have any term limits. So um, faith is always something that can get you through the challenges um, and the journey that you go through. That's awesome. That's awesome. Tom, this has been a pleasure talking with you today. I can't thank you enough for being here. I love everything that you've said and we've left the, the viewers with so much. We're going to have all the links below so they can grab the book, um, your website. So just, do you want to just list those out? And I'm going to have links to everything for you because I want oh, them sure. to be able to grab the book for sure and contact yeah. you as well. And I appreciate it. I'm, um, in social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Those are my three, and LinkedIn's my strongest platform. I have about 26,000 connections on LinkedIn. My website is nopoliticsinheaven.com. Um, they can you know, listen to other podcasts, and this one, they can read my biography and check out some cool things on there. They can get the book through the website, or the book is on Amazon if they're interested in learning more. Um, and one, one final thought is, you know, thank you for the opportunity because, you know, I, I'm, I'm grateful for the time. Uh, one thing I do, I start each day with a Psalm and I, and it doesn't have to be this one, but I think everybody should start their day with something, some say, you know, some phrase, some scripture, something that's going to motivate them. Cause I think every day is a new day. Yes. So for me, it's Psalm 118.24, which is, you know, this is the day the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. And I found that when I started doing that years ago, that yeah, um, challenges came. Um, people died in my family. Finances were up and down. Weight has been up and down, whatever. Like there's challenges. But starting your day with an attitude of gratitude and a place of, of gratefulness and faith and love at least gives you a, a great foundation for what the day may bring you. Because yeah, you don't know the day when you have to put your dog down or your relative died or you lose your job. Like those things are going to happen. Right. So you really need to have your armor and you know, your, your sword and your shield. You need to have, you need to be prepared for the battle that, that the day may bring. And I think starting your day with some sort of scripture or quote, um, I think it gives you peace that hopefully you can take with you throughout the day and obviously prayer and meditation. And the final thought I have, Julie, that I think is, is an interesting point is you can't start the next chapter of your life if you keep rereading the last one. Mm -hmm. So people, I, I really implore everybody watching and listening that we've all done stupid in our marriages, in our relationships, with our finances, with our weight, with addictions, whatever. But if you know, if you want a new chapter and you want to have a new purpose and you want to move your life forward, stop looking backwards. It's the reason why the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror. Right. Look, look, look forward and know that God loves you, and that there are people like me and Julie and others that are there to support you through, you know, coaching and other things. There's a lot of resources now 
that we just didn't have years ago. And, and right. And if somebody's yeah. suffering from an addiction or has a challenge and they need medical support, like there are people out there that want to help you succeed. Yes. Find absolutely. those people and gravitate towards those people. And the next chapter of your life can be infinitely better than the last one. And, and I read, you know, in your, in your bio that it said, it's never too late. And I love that because I start every day with a scripture and I ponder on it and it gives me a little bit of a base to, I just feel stronger throughout the day. So I, I completely agree with you there and it's never too late. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past because it's all about the future and you can make a change instantly. Now, I'm not saying, as you said, it's not going to be hard and there will be challenges. Right. Obviously there will be, but you know, you can, it doesn't matter what's happened in the past. You can always change everything moving forward with one good decision. And that's going to be just to follow God. I mean, it's just pretty, it's simple, but it's profound at the same time. So I love that you said that. Thank you for saying that. It's amazing. Liz Curtis Higgs wrote with God, it isn't who you were that matters. It's who you are now in Christ. Yeah. So I hope people focus on where they are today and where they want to go because God, God wants them to have the best of everything and a better life. And there's people like you and I that want to help them do it. Yeah. And to share their gifts with the world, right? which you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for being here. This was amazing. Thank yeah, you so fun. much. Love it. Love it. Love it. I'm so honored that you were here. Thank you for your time. Thank and you. we'll have all the links below. Everybody go check him out and check out the book because yeah, so much wisdom and, and also fun to talk with as a coach and as a teacher as well. So thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you, Julie. Everybody be well. Thank you guys. Thank you for listening to the latest podcast. This is Julie Salant. If you like what you've heard and you'd like to go deeper, there are two ways that you can work with me to get personal one-on-one -on -one coaching or to receive an animal reading. Click on the link below to set up a time with me to talk. You can also check out the Spiritual Cafe. That is a membership-based group that I have with a dear friend of mine where we talk live monthly and give you information on elevated consciousness answer your questions and help you move through life with clarity and conscious decisions. Looking forward to talking with you soon. Thanks, Julie.